Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to a Syracuse football legend and about Syracuse football being a sleeper in 2022. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Sam Viscovi, and our guest today is former Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy. Eric, thanks so much for coming back on the program. How are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thanks for having me out. Um, you know, it's been great. I've been out here on Portland, Oregon, um, working for a startup called Terzo, some former Cuse guys, Brandon Carr, Jake Flaherty, Al Giacondi. Um, some exciting stuff going on. And other than that, just staying in shape, um, waiting on an opportunity and always staying ready for it. Yeah. And Eric, that's a perfect place to get you started. You mentioned you worked at Terzo, a vendor relationship management platform founded by former Syracuse athletes, Al Giacondi and Brandon Card. And you also work with former Syracuse linebacker, Jake Flaherty. Tell us about how you got involved with Terzo. Yeah. So it actually um, it kind of was a weird case of scenario. I was at Syracuse. I was up there for a game and I was just kind of going around, um, you know, popping around from box to box and I was walking out of uh, one of the boxes and I literally bumped into Brandon and Jake and we started just having a conversation. One thing led to another. Um, I got in contact with Jake and we talked for a month or two and he told me about what they have going on at Terzo, um, talked to Brandon a little bit about it. It sounded pretty interesting to me and um, sales is something I always wanted to get into when football, you know, was going to come to an end. And um, again, I just kind of kept in touch with them and one thing led to another and then I actually started January 1st and um, it's been phenomenal ever since learning a ton from them. Brandon's a phenomenal business mind. Al is, you know, a great salesman and um, Jake's just a very gritty guy. And obviously he was a gritty guy on the field. And um, it's been a kind of a dream come true to land at such a, you know, respectful organization and startup. And um, it's a grind, but that's kind of what I've always done my whole life um, is grind. And I'm excited for, you know, the future here at Terzo. That's awesome, Eric, and best of luck with Terzo as it continues to evolve. And I wanted to chat about the current crop of Syracuse quarterbacks. Obviously, Garrett Schrader is the presumed starter, but they got some depth there now. And I know he's injured at the moment, but I watched Justin Lambs, and he kind of reminds me of the way that you played on the field. So what do you think of the group? Yeah, you know, I actually went up for the spring game, so I was able to be on the field, see those guys. And the first thing I noticed is just the competition. I mean, there's five or six of them, and they're all going at it. But, you know, they seem to, you know, be in good graces with each other, which is, again, it's very healthy competition, and that's the best thing. Um, You know, I look back at my time at Syracuse, and, you know, when you have healthy competition like that, it's just going to breed success. Um, And I think that's exactly what they have going on in there. They got three or four guys who could be the starter, and, you know, their their own way in a 
you know, they have their own little, uh, you know, swag or whatever you want to call it to them. Um, you know, one guy may be more of a pocket presence. One guy may be, you know, able to extend plays um, as you see with Schrader. And then you got, you know, another guy from uh, Michigan, Dan, who can really just swing it. So, again, I think the uh, the future is bright. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, it's always a good thing to have, you know, many options. Um, but between Garrett Schrader and um, Justin Lampson, I think they uh, they do remind <laughs> themselves of me a little bit. They just are very greedy guys. Um, they just want to win, and they'll do whatever it takes to whether extend a play or just get in the end zone, which fans love and coaches love and your teammates can really rally around. Eric, when you were at Syracuse, you ran an exciting high-powered offense with offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. There's been a couple of offensive coordinators since you left, but there's a lot of excitement around the new OC, Robert Anai. What do you think about him? Yeah, you know, and I had a, the pleasure of meeting him on the sideline, and I just went up, I shook his hand, and we had a brief conversation. But um, from what I see, just the guys really are behind him. Um, they got a lot of respect for him. He's a, he's a brilliant mind. You saw the guys at Virginia and the success that they had at Virginia and then even past Virginia. So I think they're, they're in great hands with him. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, him put a little wrinkle on the offense and add some new elements, add some new plays, and just um, really get this thing going and back to really what it was. You know, Eric, in your last season at Syracuse, you guys won 10 games. That's the last time that Syracuse was in the postseason. Can they break the streak and get back to the postseason this year? Yeah, and I, uh, I think actually this is going to be the year. You know, I, I always say that I'm always, you know, very optimistic with Cuse football just because I, I know the coaches, I know the players. Um, it was weird, weird times with COVID and everything. It's not making any excuses. At the end of the day, you know, everyone's kind of going through the same thing, whether it be NC State or whatever teams in ACC. Um, or around the country, but I, I do think they have a very solid foundation. Obviously, you got Sean Tucker who can run the ball, but now, like I was saying, you got a quarterback room with multiple different options that you can go to, um, and then you got some receivers. I was really impressed with their receivers there. Um, you know, they got a guy who kind of reminded me of Jamal Custis, just tall, lanky guy can run. Um, he's got a little attitude on him, which I like. That's always great. You know, you always want a receiver who thinks he's open, even if he's double covered. That's a that's a great guy to get the ball to. <laughs> and you know what? The line's looking good too. You got a lot of guys who fourth, fifth year guys who have been around the program, um, and I just really think that's that's crucial, especially in a um, you know front five, just because they're going to win the game at the end of the day. And that's the ACC. Everyone told us, you know, when I was there, oh, the line's not big enough. They're not big enough. But at the end of the day, the quarterback can help them out, getting the ball rid of the ball quick extending plays, getting out of the pocket, making it easier, because eventually those big guys on the other side, they're going to tire out. And, um, you know, Coach E does a great job of conditioning for our guys, making sure that we're ready to go in the third and fourth quarter, because that's where you start to win the games. And Eric, we'll get you out of here on this one. Are you planning on making a trip up to Syracuse for a game this year? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I want to get out to as many games as I can. It's tough being on the on the West Coast making it out there. Um, but I'm sure I'll get out to a game this year. I'm not sure which one I was hoping to go to the Notre Dame game, but I'm not sure if I was going to be able to make that work now, but I'll definitely find a home game and um, I'll come out. You know, that's, it's always a, it's always a blessing getting out there and just being able to interact with the fans, be in the stands, support my team, support the coaches. And, um, you know, the community has been so great to me, even since I've been gone. And I, uh, I'll always be, you know, memorable of that. So I want to give back any way I can and obviously showing my support in person, you know, one of the best ways I can do that. 
Eric, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. Syracuse legend, Eric Dungy. Eric, we appreciate the time and insight as always. Great to hear things are going so well at Terzo, and best of luck for any opportunity that comes along in the near future football-wise. Enjoy the start of the college football season. We'll speak with you soon. Yep, and thank you for having me on, Wes. Pleasure, pleasure talking to you. Always love speaking with Eric, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior ACC correspondent and my very good friend, Sam Viscovi. Sam, how are you today? Hey, Wes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Sam, it's always great to chat with you. And let's get started on conference realignment. As we both know, USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, but we also both know that this is not the end of conference realignment. Let's talk about the consequences of it. How do you think this affects your alma mater, Pitt, and my alma mater, Syracuse? Yeah, Wes, I'm going to say the part that nobody wants to say, and it really stinks for fans of teams like us. Uh, Syracuse, historically great program, down on their luck lately. Pitt, historically great program, hasn't been good since uh, the mid-'80s and through the 90s. They were okay last year. They have a great year. Um, But both programs are sitting in the mid-40s in terms of TV market, so they're not a huge draw to the Big Ten, to the SEC. But it's really really upsetting because the – ACC, if you look at the revenue over the last, like, 20 years, has just been ticking up, 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 and never going down. Uh, 2019 to 2020, they had uh, revenue growth 16%. You could expect that to go even higher now that they're on Comcast, and that's the number one provider in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Florida, Georgia, parts of the West. So it's it's just a bad time for the ACC to be in, in upheaval. Where does it leave us in the future? I really don't know. Um, Pitt seems to be peaking at the right time. They're doing well. They have coming off an 11-win season next year, this this current year. They're primed to double down on what they did last year, possibly hit double digits again. That kind of takes the the doubt away from people saying that this is a one-hit wonder. They're never going to do it again. And it might position them well in five years when conference expansion starts to happen, when the grant of rights disappears. Uh, I think Syracuse is always going to be valuable, not because of basketball. I think basketball is important, and they're very good at it, but because they are New York's college team. People like to say, oh, Rutgers is New York's college team. Rutgers is located in New Jersey. Okay, please. (laughs) It is not the New York football team. And that's Syracuse. Whenever I lived in New York City, when we both lived in New York City, you would meet more Syracuse, more UConn alum than you would ever meet Rutgers alum. So Syracuse is always going to be valuable. I think that the SEC and the Big Ten will value both of those schools. I don't know that the Big Ten is a good fit for Pitt because of the Penn State aspect. They're not going to want to include the Panthers. But truthfully, both of these schools are probably sixth or seventh on the list of expansion. And how, how wide can you go? How far can you expand before you have to, you see the law of diminishing returns? So I don't know. I'm bummed about it. I've, uh, I've really started to enjoy the ACC, as I'm sure you have after being in for, I think we've been in there for eight, maybe nine years. Uh, you really, you're really starting to understand the lay of the land. And it's just really disappointing to have such upheaval as we're heading into this fall's uh, football season. So let's talk about that fall football season, Sam. You came out with your ACC power rankings last week, ranking teams 1 to 14. Who do you see on top of your power rankings at the end of the season, and who could potentially make a big push upward by year's end? 
Yeah, so Syracuse pod, let's start with Syracuse, okay? Um, I have him at 12th right now in the power rankings. I think that, you know, that's fair for the current state of the program, but I do not think that that's a predictor of how their season will go. Uh, I comment on there about the lack of depth on the defensive line, but the back seven, back five, I'm not sure how you would want to classify those those folks. The defensive backs and the linebackers for Syracuse are very good, and they can really change the game uh, in a heartbeat. The the offense brought in new coaches. I think that you, if you want to pick a big, the biggest mover, I'm going to say Syracuse possibly can break into the top eight, top, uh, settle in around the seven spot. I will say that because the top five teams in this conference are going to be very good, and I think Syracuse can surprise some people. I don't put the odds very high. They could, uh, but we'll see. Um, right off the bat, with the power rankings, I had Wake Forest at number three, and with the Sam Hartman news, we're going to have to reevaluate that pick. I think that moves them beneath Louisville and at least the Atlantic in, in, the, in the power rankings, so probably puts them on par with Boston College. Now, they have great coaching at Wake Forest. They have people in the program that have been there for three, four, five years, sometimes six. I think Sam Hartman technically is in his fifth year, but he has one more year of eligibility, so he could come back for a sixth year. But the quarterback is replacing him. It's his third year in the program. He knows the offense. They shouldn't miss a beat. They do not play anybody of merit in the month, in the first three games of the season. They do play Clemson in the fourth week of the season which would have been a marquee game if they had Sam Hartman versus DJ versus the the Clemson Tigers. Uh, It's in Winston-Salem, so I think it was going to be a huge opportunity for them to show what they're made of. So I'm not sure what I make of Wake Forest. I think the the Coastal is is pretty much it's down to Pitt, Miami, and North Carolina. Uh, A lot of people are saying North Carolina is a dark horse for for the Coastal. They have good teams. They have good players, excuse me. Uh, we'll see what comes of that. They have a pretty tough schedule in terms of conference play. Pitt and Miami aren't going to meet until the last week of the regular season. So I think if those two can hold serve all year long, you could see a really marquee game there. Um, I'm expecting the Wolfpack to lead the conference all season long. And they have an early test when they play Clemson. I think they play them in the, in September or early October. So, It'll be interesting because whichever one of those two teams stumbles, they could regain their balance and finish up the rest of the year without losing a conference game and be in a prime position to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So it could be a big year for the ACC. And the one team that I'm most eager to see is Louisville because if Louisville can fix their defense, can play better, they could be they could be a team that that sneaks out double digits wins. And Sam, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Yeah, my closing thoughts are is that uh, as these television deals become more important and conference expansion is on the, the forebrain of every person who watches the sport, uh, I think you're going to see the ACC start to get some more marquee time slots. And from that, you'll see more TV distribution, uh, more revenue to the teams, which will have to be reinvested in the programs. You're, you're going to start seeing as the Big Ten moves to NBC, Fox, and CBS exclusively, opportunities to have marquee games at 3.30, at 7, where a lot of America is watching. I'm not ready to call expansion for the ACC. I'm not seeing that in the, in the cards 
but I'm not in the room, so I can't tell you, so we'll just call it how we see it. I think that you're going to see the revenue distribution by the year 2026 be closer to the Big Ten and SEC than what has been projected by a lot of the columnists. Uh, we've seen some double-digit growth in revenue. We're going to see more TV slots. And with more TV slots on marquee channels, you're going to have more advertising revenue. And with a lot of teams peaking right now, with Miami coming back, with Florida State ideally returning to respectability, Clemson, NC State, a strong pit team, what we really need is a strong Syracuse team and a strong Boston College to, add, to even that out with the large markets in, in the conference to really – preserve this conference into the next into the next decade and to make sure that this this puppy keeps on humming. So I'm excited to see where we go. My closing thoughts are is don't sleep on the ACC. Don't lose sleep over the ACC. Everything's ideally going to be all right over the next five years. Love that optimism for the ACC, Sam. And my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse defensive back Trill Williams. Unfortunately for Williams, he tore his ACL over the weekend in the Miami Dolphins preseason opener against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Williams signed with the Dolphins in the offseason and performed well in training camp, setting himself up to be a top reserve cornerback, but now will be out the entire 2022 season. It's a really tough break for Williams, who was a star at Syracuse and seemingly had a bright future in the NFL. Best of luck to Trill as he recovers from that injury. That's it for us for Sam Viscovi. This is Wes Chang reminding you that villains fear me because I'm unpredictable and broccoli. See what I mean? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.